Welcome to Cave Quest. <laughs> um, last week, uh, Andrew Pearson, our dean, uh, preached from the first half, the beginning of the Paul's epistle to the Galatians. And um, it's in the lectionary, most of Galatians, for the next several weeks through the beginning of July. So uh, I've asked the preachers for the next several weeks to preach on it, trying something new. We haven't really done that uh, here at this service before, at least in uh, during my tenure. But if it works out, maybe we'll continue to do some things like that in the future. So I'm picking up where he left off. Uh, and last time, the main point that uh, Andrew had for us was that um, the, the message that Paul starts to get across in the beginning is to add to the gospel is to subtract from it. Uh, to add any iota to the gospel is to subtract from it. And the problem in Galatians is that Paul uh, preached the gospel of free grace uh, to the people of uh, Galatia. And after he left, some other teachers came in and they're teaching the new Christians uh, who are Gentiles that they must be circumcised in order to be accepted by God. Uh, because these teachers were of Jewish background and were circumcised. And they're saying, in order to be one of us, uh, you must abide by this law. Um, and uh, so Paul responds in saying that that's problematic. Um, you, you don't need to be circumcised to be accepted by God. You're accepted for other reasons that have to do with what Jesus Christ has done for you. Um, and so that's a, a, a big part of the letter uh, to the Galatians is this sort of legalism that's crept in. Uh, and the heresy that people talk about with respect to Galatians is, the, is, is Judaizing, the Judaizers. And to our sensibilities post the Holocaust, that sounds really uh, insensitive, but that's what it's been called uh, for years because it was taking Jewish principles, the old covenant, and mapping it onto the new covenant. Um, and it's a, 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 a spirituality of legalism. And so whereas that was the case back then, uh, the primary false teaching, now the primary false teaching, you know, fast forward about 2,000 years to 2016, there are some uh, instances of, uh, of legalism, but the false teaching in our current sort of cultural milieu takes a different shape. And I'm not talking about necessarily uh, the Christian church, though it's sort of co-opted by these things. I'm just talking about like what's out there, you know, what's out in the world? What are the, the things that we hear? And so um, I was uh, thinking about this and two things came across my desk in the media last week that kind of give you a sense of the, the cultural milieu. And one was a cartoon from the New Yorker magazine and it's a bunch of people sitting on a floor on a floor doing yoga and the caption says and now I want you to send out peaceful loving thoughts to all sentient beings on the planet who have exactly the same political economic and religious beliefs as you do <laughs> um, you know sort of uh, a spirituality of inclusivity as long as you're on the same side of the uh, equation as I am and another thing uh, that uh, I came across actually was an op-ed piece in the New York Times yesterday called Unless You're Oprah, Be Yourself is Terrible Advice. Unless You're Oprah, Be Yourself is Terrible Advice. And now uh, let me just uh, read to you sort of the, the first couple paragraphs of this op-ed piece. 
Uh, it was going to be the biggest presentation of my life, my first appearance on the TED conference main stage. You know, TED Talks, they're sort of these talks that are viral on YouTube. They give these conferences. Technology, education, and design is what it stands for. This guy's about to give a TED Talk, and I had already thrown out several drafts. Searching for a new direction, I asked colleagues and friends for suggestions. The most important thing, the first one said, is to be yourself. The next six people I asked gave me the same tip. We are in, in an age of authenticity where, quote, be yourself is the defining advice in life, love, and career. Authenticity means erasing the gap between what you firmly believe inside and what you reveal to the outside world. As Brene Brown, a research professor at the University of Houston, defines it, authenticity is the choice to let our true selves be seen. We want to live authentic lives, marry authentic partners, work for an authentic boss, vote for an authentic president. In university commencement speeches, be true to yourself is one of the most common themes behind, quote, expand your horizons and just ahead of never give up. Uh, and then he quotes Oprah, uh, I think from a commencement speech. I certainly had no idea that uh, being your authentic self could get you as rich as I have become. Oprah Winfrey said jokingly a few years ago, if I'd known that, I'd have tried it a lot earlier. But for most people, be yourself is actually terrible advice. And then he goes on to explain that. But this sort of, um, and, and by the way, you know, TED Talks, are, some of them are great, but some of them are uh, quite problematic. Uh, and commencement speeches, again, some of them are great, the very few minority, but most of them are problematic. Maybe you've been there before. Maybe you were at one a couple weeks ago, you know, at a university. And a lot of the advice is sort of to be yourself, be true to yourself, look inside of yourself for answers and uh, things like that. And, and really, that's sort of the guiding kind of principle of someone like Oprah, you know, uh, on her show. Uh, on, on, our, on our television station and uh, the things that she writes and in a commencement speech that she gave at Harvard uh, a few years ago, that was basically the bottom line. Uh, look inside of yourself uh, for answers. Um, and so the, the main false teaching that we deal with now is sort of what you might call uh, therapeutic individualism. Uh, therapeutic individualism, uh, it's something that's self-centered, focused on ourselves. Um, not taking into account the fact that like we live in community and a society, but it's focused basically on happiness, uh, things like happiness, self-actualization, enlightenment, uh, and basically feeling good about yourself and the choices that you make and uh, justifying them. Just consider uh, the book and what later became a movie, Eat, Pray, Love. Did anybody read that? or watched the movie by Elizabeth Gilbert was the author, Eat, Pray, Love. Um, this is somewhere in the book, but this line is basically the kind of conclusion at the very end of the movie version where she says, uh, there is, and she's talking about yoga, and she says, there is one holy truth of this yoga. That line encapsulates it. God dwells within you as you yourself, exactly the way you are. God dwells in you as you. I, when I got to seminary, by the way, in my second year, there was a new student who came in, a, a first-year student, and I was having a conversation with him, and he said, this is an Episcopal seminarian going to become a Christian minister. I said, I believe we're all God. You're God. I'm God. You know, the doorknob's God. God is God. And I was like, are you kidding me? That's not why I'm here getting ordained. That's something else. That's like Elizabeth Gilbert, you know? I mean, that's... Uh, some sort of new age uh, flightyism that I just can't abide that contradicts 
all the the worship service that we're we're repeating here today. Um, and uh, so that's it. This sort of therapeutic individualism uh, that manifests itself in so many different ways. Uh, maybe you've been sort of uh, subjected to it or infected by it. And, and also related to this is a sense of consumerism, that a lot of things that uh, are consumerist uh, feed these sort of individualistic and therapeutic uh, desires that also appeal to the sort of guiding individualism of the day. I've been reading this book, Soul Searching, because of a teaching I'm doing in the morning. Uh, it's about a longitudinal study that was done with teenagers in the United States to explain the sort of operating religious and spiritual uh, lives of American teenagers, which gives us a real good picture of what American religion really is. And where they talk about consumerism, hear what they have to say. What is evident about the advertising industry's efforts when it targets youth is that to accomplish its goals, it often appeals to what has always been pervasively been uh, understood to be some of the worst of human potentials. Insecurity, envy, vanity, impulsiveness, pride, surface images and appearances, the sexual objectification of others, emotional impulses, habitually trumping rational thought, short-term gratification, and so on. How many successful youth ad campaigns appeal to, say, contentment, self-control, humility, rationality, inner character, selflessness, or any other traditional virtue? Playing to the darker side of human nature seems to be, for whatever reason, often easier and more successful in selling products. Well, um, you know, what, what, am I, what am I trying to get across here? Uh, that's just sort of a long uh, drum roll to talk to you about uh, Galatians um, and what Galatians uh, helps us understand about our, our current day and age and the things that we encounter. Well, the problem with seeking fulfillment and sort of therapeutic, uh, consumerist philosophies is that we're never fulfilled. We're, we're uh, ceaselessly unfulfilled. Um, I talked about yoga earlier. I don't, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't mean to bag that. I actually did yoga for years until recently, until last year. Um, but I had to stop. Um, if you do yoga, great. Especially if you like want to lose weight and be flexible, it can be really helpful for those things. But I had to stop because too many teachers, when I would go to these classes, were sort of self-appointed, uh, untrained, quasi sort of gurus. And I'd be like in some sort of posture, and he'd be the teacher would be saying things about all the stuff that I just read to you, and I'd fall over because it's, like, it's just too distracting. Like I just I want to be my back hurts, and I don't want to be fat anymore. That's why I'm here. <laughs> And it, it works really well for that. I'm in a hot room. I sweat. The toxins are coming out. That's why I'm here. I don't need to hear your philosophy about uh, sort of, um, you know, the, the cosmos or whatever. And there was, a, there was a recording that, in fact, that I often listen to to do yoga with in my home. And it was really good, except for this one part where you're on the ground in this sort of like Superman pose. It's good for your back. And the teacher says, like, lift up higher, higher. You will be like a god. And I would just at that point, I would just like fall on my face because I, I'm like, I'm really suffering and struggling here. I'm nowhere near a God. I mean, this this pose is uh, pointing out um, that I'm endlessly fa failing, actually. And um, 
you know, and also with the consumerist stuff, I just find myself in this sort of endless hamster wheel like you. You're probably like this, you know, this constant striving, you know, uh, forgive me, Brandon, but Apple comes out with a new phone like every year, year. And it's not just the new version. It's the iPhone 6 and then they have the 6 something else, you know, S or whatever. And and you're thinking, dang it, I just bought the most up-to-date one. And it's, I mean, that's just the hyperbolic version of what, you know, cars, I love Honda, and they come out with a new sort of body type every three years. And then I just feel behind the curve. I just got rid of, rid of my Civic. The new Civics look amazing. Um, and I got this new Accord, and I'm thinking the Civics is really cool. What, what am I, you know, why am I this way? Because the, the world is feeding me with this information that I will um, not be fulfilled unless I have that thing or this thing. Uh, and it's totally ceaseless. Uh, it, the, the consumerism, the therapeutic stuff leaves me endlessly uh, unsatisfied. And where there is legalism, like in Galatia, it's basically reductive or anemic. Uh, if there is any sort of legalism in our world, it's either reductive or anemic. As Andrew said last time when he was here, uh, when he was in college, basically Christianity was equated with um, uh, don't do drugs, don't drink alcohol, and don't sleep around. Uh, and, uh, and that was like, that was it. That was the, the, the moralism uh, of the day. And so it's reductive because the morality of the Bible is more inclusive than that. Or if it's on the sort of more liberal end of the spectrum, it's usually about sort of being nice and altruistic. Um, you know, just think of the New Yorker cartoon that I just read to you, right? Um, uh, and, uh, and so it, it falls short um, because we know that um, the demands of God are much higher than that, uh, and we need intervention. And so what is the gospel? What is the good news? That's what gospel means. That's what that fancy word means is the good news. Uh, here is the sort of gem line from Galatians later in the book, which gives you a, a crystal clear, clear distillation of what the gospel is in counter to the Judaizers or any other false teaching. Paul says, We know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. And you can insert in works of the law any of the things that I've talked about. You know, sort of, all the therapeutic measures that we try to uh, take on for self-improvement or the sort of consumerist ideas that we have to buy the stuff that will make us uh, better people and feel more fulfilled, we will never be justified by them. Uh, just as much as trying to live up to God's law by things through circumcision, they will never justify uh, us in his sight, but only through Christ Jesus. And the thing about this is the gospel is not intuitive. It is so not intuitive. Uh, you cannot arrive at it empirically. Uh, you, you know, you can't just put a person blind on this planet with no information and, and, and think that they'll arrive at this. They, they, they just won't. Uh, because uh, the gospel is not the teaching of man, as Paul says in Galatians chapter 1. Um, sort of therapeutic individualism, consumerism, and legalism, these things are teaching of man, but the gospel is not. The gospel instead points to Jesus Christ. And you can't 
learn about that through your own sort of uh, fumbling around in the world. You have to hear it through a revelation through the Bible or through teaching and preaching because it doesn't come to us naturally. It's a totally paradoxical message. We would have it another way. You know, we would want to clamor and self-justify. But instead, God says, no, you can't. I'm going to do it for you, and I have, and I will. And if you don't believe me, if you don't believe what I'm saying, uh, you know, just hear what Paul says. Uh, hear these words uh, from Galatians. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And also for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Well, I know that you're affected by this, this sort of uh, what's out there in the ether, this therapeutic stuff, the consumerism, this sort of individualistic training that uh, teaches us to look inside of ourselves for answers or to just sort of endlessly try to gratify ourselves, yourself. I know you're affected by it because I am. You know, I'm the sort of chief center when it comes to things like uh, material possessions, for example, or trying to, you know, I gravitate uh, to the self-improvement uh, aisle in Barnes & Noble, even though I know better, you know? I mean, uh, I, it's, like a, it's like a bug to a light because I want to be a better person. But you know what? These things will make you a slave. Uh, these things uh, enslave you and they lead to disappointment because we never fulfill it. They lead to debt <laughs> because we're trying to buy our justification and they lead to distraction. You know, the therapeutic stuff often uh, is, is keeping us from focusing on uh, reality or realism. It just sort of distracts us from what's really going on in the world. But the gospel frees us from the bondage to these things. Um, and uh, ultimately, the gospel frees us from slavery to sin and death. And I got to say that sin and death are basically the same thing as all that I've talked about. Um, because all these things that are out there in the world these days, just as the legalism was affecting uh, the new converts in Galatia, there's something else in our air, and it's leading us to, to bondage. But the gospel sets us free. And so I leave you just with this final word, uh, accept that good news, accept the, the truth of the gospel, that it's not up to you, that God's done it for you in Jesus Christ, and live in light of that truth. Thanks be to God. Amen.